Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast, a return to winning ways for Wales, just in time for Wayne Pivak, exactly what he needed. How much, though, can we read into the victory over Georgia? What will it mean for the selection against England next week? And we have got stacks and stacks and stacks of listeners' questions to get through. Dan Killick hasn't bothered reading any of them. He's been too busy combing his Callum Sheedy haircut. So uh, he's going to be coming in blind. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get stuck into these very, very shortly. How are you, Dan? Yeah, very good. I'll have to send a little, a little photo, I think, of this haircut. See well, what yeah. uh, Ian Alexander will have, will have to comment on it. Yeah, it always causes a stir whenever you uh, whenever you rock out your new uh, a new haircut or a new yeah or a new some new threads. So I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, we've got absolutely stacks of questions in, which is fantastic because obviously it means we don't have to do as much as much preparation. So thanks for that. Um, we're going to start with this one from uh, Jamie Phillips. Thoughts on Wayne Pivak asking Dean Ryan to swap around Moriarty and Wainwright's positions. Also, is Wainwright's long-term test future at eight? Thoughts on that, Daniel? Well, firstly, I thought Wainwright was absolutely outstanding. I thought he had a he had a brilliant, brilliant game at eight. Loads of clever little steps, really aggressive, aggressive carrying. He was really up for it, wasn't he? Just I think it was a really clever performance from him. Even when he didn't make make huge yards, he just took took a bit of a bit of a sting out of them. And uh, yeah, I, I think he looks he looks like a decent operator at eight. I think he's uh, he struggled this campaign at six, hasn't he? he hasn't looked mm. he hasn't looked um, at his best then. But yesterday, 
you know, I know they're not the they're not the greatest of opposition, so we do have to be a little bit a little bit mindful of that and getting carried away. But he looked he looked good, and I have thought that he could be a, a good you know good option at eight. Um, and we need we need somebody at eight, don't we? It, it's what it's what we need desperately. Yeah, we do. I mean, we certainly need options there. It's uh, I mean, it's not been helped the fact that I suppose been pinning a lot of hopes on Toby, and it's not really clicked for him this autumn. You know, it's been probably his most subdued set of appearances in a Wales shirt. I thought Wainwright, his performance was almost Toby-esque, actually. It was, like you say, really good footwork to help you gain a yard. It was it was clever carrying. It wasn't destructive kind of Billy Vanapola stuff. It was making those yards when you need to, using your feet to, just to free up a little bit of room and make those extra couple of made those extra couple of meters. So I was impressed with what he did. There was the odd the odd spill in there. So I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a flawless performance, but lots there of was, but it was very wet. Dirty work. It? Yeah, it was horrendous it, conditions. Yeah, it was very wet. I like the fact that because the games are getting so tight, aren't they? And they're going to be, it's going to be very, very tight, uh, you know, tight against the way in which England, England defend the, he, I was, I was just kept thinking of him against England and he, he mm. stepped out of things, span out of things quite nicely. And just looking at his foot, if you, if you concentrate on the top part of his body, it doesn't look like there's, there's too much going on. But if you just step down, scan down a little bit and just see his feet, there's a lot going on, isn't there? Uh, little jinx with his eyes, his hips. He, he's, he's, a, he's a thinking player, isn't mm. he? And I think that where, where we've... He's a, he's a pivac style player then, isn't he? Um, yeah, and I guess so. I whatever mean, that I, is, but yeah, but. I always, I always <laughs> think that pivac style players, particularly in the forwards, are, are turnovers and offloads. And I don't think he's, you know, again, he's he's tidy in those regards. But I think his, you know, I think his his best play is, is kind of the, is the donkey work, really. And you're right; he's very clever in the way that he does it. It's through footwork. It's through clever carries. It's through uh, actually things like uh, things like defending, driving driving line outs he did really well during the he world did. cup so yeah. i think that it's those things i think he he does very well and, and let's be honest they're things that that the, the side desperately need at the moment so um, i also yeah, think he, that he went well at eight. Jed, that he can he can attack nicely as well in the you know pivak wants that wants the forwards in the wider channels doesn't he and oh, oh he's a real athlete that that he does he's got some real pace he cuts some mm. really nice lines as well doesn't he so he does seem to have it all Obviously, we haven't been talking about him um, of late, but I, I've sort of I was hoping there was going to be a performance in, in him at some point, and it really mm. came yesterday. And I do think that he could be, you know, he could be uh, a real option there at eight. Um, also, you know, he's an option at six, isn't he? When he's got when he's when he's fully fully up for it. But just if he's got a bit more time as well in, in, in the wider channels, he does cut very nice lines. So I think from an attacking perspective, which at the moment we are struggling again with, he, um, he could unlock a few defences there for us because we're, um, uh, we're going to be needing that also. It's interesting. I'm never too sure. We're going we're to talk a lot about the back row because many of the questions that have come in are related to it. I'm never too sure whether it matters that much what number is on your back as long as the overall balance is there. And I just feel like perhaps in the previous games we weren't utilising his ball carrying and, you know, we, weren't, we kind of weren't, we haven't been able to get him into the game as much. Maybe that does help at eight because, you know, because you're packing down there and, and the scrum went well yesterday as well, which I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to talk about. So I don't know. I, I still think, 
I still think his his best position is six, but I, I think he I think he's comfortable at, at doing a job at either of them as long as the balance in in the rest of the pack is there too. So yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna explore that a little bit further. And we got this one in from our good mate Craig Muncy. If Tipperick is out and Navidi has done no contact work, uh, is it too much to expect for him to start at open side? Uh, even if he trains fully this week. If so, who starts at seven? Botham, Wainwright, or a call-up for Ollie Griffiths? Um, let's, let's start by breaking that down. I'm working on the basis that Tipperick is going to be out because that was a big collision. And I think you've, you've got... I think What did you make of that, actually, Jeff? To be honest, mate, I'm, I didn't see it as a cheap shot. I, I think it looks really bad when slowed down. But I... And it was, it was a very bad... You know, it was a very bad outcome... So I think you have to err on the side of, you know, on the side of the, the attacking player there and his welfare, which obviously is Tipperick in this scenario. But I don't know. To me, it just looked like he was going down and, and the fellow's trying to make the tackle. And, and, it, and it does look like a swinging arm because you're going into, you're going in to make the tackle. Uh, I don't think it was meant to be a swinging arm at the head. I might be wrong. What did you think? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It does look... It's like anything, isn't it? When you slow it down, it looks really nasty and deliberate. Mm. But he was because he was coming. He was coming from a backwards position, wasn't he? Coming like yeah. reaching around. It 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 always is going to look like a like a punch. One of those ones you'll never actually know. But I do think he was just trying to stop. He was trying to stop the momentum and mm. and was you know coming in with a, a a bit of a swinging arm with everything he had. But it, his his body was falling. And it just didn't look great. I, no. I didn't. I didn't think it was a, a punch. No, really. I, and I think, I think it was a bit unfortunate, really. It is, but I think realistically, you know, we're just getting to the position now where any contact to the head is going to be is going to be a, a possible red card. And in that scenario, you know, if if Tipperick hadn't been falling and he'd made the tackle on the chest, yeah, you get away with it. But I think you now know that if you go high, there is a risk even if there is absolutely no intention, there's a risk you could get sent off. So I think that that's just, that's starting to see it through to players now. And I think you've just got, you've just got to work on that basis, regardless of how unlucky some of them can be. But, but, but likewise, Sam, Sam Warburton was adamant in the commentary box that it was a cheap shot. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, I, I, yeah. He was quite quick, you know, quick with that comment, wasn't he? But um, yeah, I just think it was a bit unfortunate, really. Okay, well let's get to the let's get to the seven business then. So, would you be risking Josh Navidi? I would. I th- we've risked him before, haven't we? He's come oh, back mate. into games. He hasn't know, play, when... he played for three months. You can't throw him in against England. Like there, there is nothing riding on this game. I, I think it's way too risky. Even though it's Josh Navidi, oh, he's a wonderful player. You know, you know that, and he, he's brilliant. And but you know, let's say he goes out and has an amazing performance, and we beat England by some miracle. You know, we're still going to finish second or third in this me- largely meaningless game, in this meaningless cup. So, I, I don't yeah, know. But it's look, Wales look after, look uh, after so Navidi. You've got this to look big, after him. This is a big game, though, isn't it? Mentality-wise, if we can be, if we can beat England, no one's expecting us to beat England. And I did, usually I would say, yeah, it's crazy to even talk about putting a player in that hasn't played for three months. Mm. But because it's Navidi, you, well, I find myself anyway thinking. The guy's almost superhuman. He is the one person that you could put in. In the past, we've talked about Falatau being in that in that same, mm. um, you know, the same sort of. That's not caliber, but you know, the, whatever the word is. And 
I don't know. I am tempted, yes, to to to, to throw him in. In all honesty, see, I think I uh, again the the whole Ollie Griffiths thing. I think he would be the perfect solution to bring in at seven. You're going to need an explosive player who can turn ball. Like, obviously, we know Navidi can do all of these things as well. He can carry. He can turn ball over. Super aggressive. Griffiths is playing with a real intensity. Admittedly, he hasn't played the last couple of weeks because of the whole COVID thing. So I don't know whether the COVID thing will rule it out or they've been through enough, uh, you know, enough periods quarantining that he'll be allowed to, you know, he might get a call up into the camp. If so, that is the answer for me. You I know, would call often, him up. I'd, 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 I would I'd, have, him, I'd have him straight in. and You know, God, Pivak's brought players in from every other position to come straight into the lineup. We have got a crisis at seven at the moment, I think. Yeah. We need think, an out yeah. and out seven, don't we? Yeah, and although he's been playing a lot of rugby at eight, we need an out and out fetcher in there. Griffiths for me is the is the is the right is the right solution. And um So you're going no Navidi then? You wouldn't pick him, no, but Oli Griffiths. I don't, th- I don't think he should have been in the squad. He just doesn't look. You know, he hasn't played a game of rugby for three months. You can't chuck him in there. I think it's you know, if this was a if this is a World Cup quarter final, yeah, you might be tempted to do it. But you know, it's a it's a nothing game. Um, I, I know it's against England, but in the grand scheme of things, I would much rather that Josh. You know, if he if he plays and gets injured again, then you know because because he, he's been rushed back. God, you know what what crime that would be. You, you, I think you know. I know players can get injured in training. They could get injured in any game, but I just think rushing him back, having had no having had no games whatsoever. If he'd had twenty minutes off the bench against Georgia, or he'd had a couple of bench appearances to get him back up to speed, then I think it's a different scenario. But right now, coming in cold against this England pack is, uh, I think it. I think it's too much to ask, even for Navidi. And I just, yeah, I just think he's particularly where he's had a lot of head knocks. Take your time. Make sure that he's he's absolutely ready to come back and play rugby because the Six Nations is way more important. So you're starting Griffiths at seven. I would start Griffiths. I'm just scanning through the questions as well because I think we have. In fact, yeah, the next one is from Morgan Ball who says, uh, "Is the back row balance correct? Are they being used correctly? Didn't think both them being instructed to play in the wide channels really worked yesterday. Uh, and if everyone is fit, what is Wales's best back row? So there's a couple of great questions in there." I'm not sure the balance is correct because I think we've been chopping and changing a lot. And so, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know, it's different if everyone is fit because if everyone's fit and fully, you know, and uh, the best... Well, I'm form, playing well. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, with, with Toby not playing well, the balance does seem to be out, doesn't it? I think if, mm. he's, if he's on form, it's a totally different position. We're in that back row. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, I think Shane Lewis-Hughes has played very well, but he's a very, you know, combative player, isn't he? And he's... We've we've lacked that physicality, so he's come in played well. But you know, is he you know, is he the answer in the back row? Is, is he is is he one the one that makes a gel? I I I actually think you know he doesn't, but he's a very very good six and a, and and a really good option and will be will will be involved in the in it you know in many many you know many Welsh sides. But I think we've been because we've been so poor in, in a lot of areas, we haven't quite got it right. Mm. in that back row uh, for me. Yeah, and, and the thing is, there's so many players fit that you know, we haven't seen Ellis Jenkins play for two years. If he comes back and is the player that we remember, I think he, I think he might even oust Tipperick in that scenario. Or he's certainly, in the, he's certainly in the mix, you know, if you're playing him alongside Tipperick. I think Ellis Jenkins, if he's fully fit. But the problem you've got, you know, you could end up with, with Tipperick, Ellis Jenkins and, and Josh Navidi, realistically, in that, in that six, seven, eight. And that's, that's an incredible 
battle row where you've got an amazing set of skills but i don't know i I don't think we can dwell on on everyone being fit and everyone being fully formed because we're just not in that we're not we've almost got three we've almost got three different three full different back row combinations Mm. we could go with haven't we depending on who we're playing against but so much of it comes back to that eight it's such a such a key position isn't it the eight and a lot of the time we talk about seven we talk about six but eight is just so Mm. crucial it's it's a massively important place to be you know one of the most hardest places to play and and i think we've really lacked we've really lacked toby being on form yeah well we get again we're going to return to talking about the back row later on in the show because Dan Killick is going to be picking his side and I might be I haven't really thought about mine Dan I'm kind of more tempted to see you in the the head selector role so you can pick your whole your whole thing and I might chip in a little bit as we as we go along but we're going to do that towards the end of the show but in the meantime we've got stacks more questions to get through this one is from Gary Mason wins against England come from a huge physical performance do these players have what it takes to stay with England in that battle uh, considering the selection, did any of the backs do enough? Uh, so, yeah, a couple of questions in there. Let's let's tackle the physicality point. Is this is this set of players have they got what it takes to take England on physically? You'd say at the moment, no. But yes, we have. We we know we can match any side physically when we're when we're really up for it and on our and on our game. So it's, you know, can the can the coaches get the boys really really up for it? And can the players themselves get themselves up for it as well? Because they've got to take a bit of this on as well. Mm. Uh, in terms of the backs, I thought Johnny Williams. I thought he had a great game at, at twelve. I've liked Lighted. him for yeah. uh, you know I've liked him for the Scarlets. I liked him, you know, liked him playing in playing in England. You know, they rate him over there, didn't they? With him getting that 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 call up against uh, against the Barbars in that end cap game. I thought he was strong. He gave us direction again, and. I, I'll be probably mentioned this a few times. It is against Georgia, so it is different. Oh, we we have to consider that. It's uh, and you know yeah. I know I think there are certain things you can take out of it. Scrummaging is always you know is always something that you can benchmark against the Georgian pack. Things like how you defend them all and how you, and how you get your uh, your you get your your driving more going. I think they're pretty good barometers. The rest of it, I, I thought they were pretty poor, to be honest, Georgia, uh, with the exception of uh, Gorgadze at eight, who is just, uh, is living up to his almost namesake, Gorgodza, who, you know, I, was, a, was a colossal eight and had a very similar name. Uh, I, th- I think this, this, uh, this fella is, is something special. But the rest, the rest of the side, I thought, were, were pretty poor, actually. So I think we do have to take it with a pinch of salt. But um, but yeah, I agree on Johnny Williams. I thought he did well, and I think he'd be very very fired up for a game against England. Yeah, I do. I think he'd be well. He's a really good option to have against England because he knows he's played in England, you know, for a, for a good number you know good number of years. Knows a lot of those players. Has played with a number of those players as well. So I'd I'd be having a real good look at him at him at twelve. Um, I've got a few things on the on the ten, which we'll probably talk about later. And I thought I thought Zamit as well had a mm. had a, had a good enough game to um, to, to keep his uh, you know, keep his seat there. Excellent. Right, let's move on to this. This is from Ian Alexander. Yesterday felt like that should have been the first choice front row. So why has it taken so long to get them on the pitch? Uh, and was sixty minutes plus too long for them, considering it's England next week? Again, a couple of good questions in there. Yeah, really good questions. I have no idea why we we didn't start with 
with that front row uh, for the for the first these the first few games because yeah that that is and I think most people knew that that was the the strongest scrummage in front row um, and and you know I, I include Elliot D in there as well in terms mm. of you know being a scrummaging hooker he's a he's a he's a very very good hooker isn't he in the in the tight. So it is perplexing. I think the Georgians as well. Their scrummaging is not as good as uh, as as people make out. Mm. I think it's been been poor for a for a couple of years, really. Um, and I would say that Ireland definitely have a stro- uh, are a better scrummaging side. I'd actually say that Scotland are a better scrummaging side at the moment as well. And so there aren't many sides that that, that aren't. So it, it's it's strange, isn't it, that we kept the the front row. Uh, the, the strongest front row back for this game uh, when well I, I, yeah I, I think it, the, the whole odd. thing for this is because he's just got his selection wrong and he's wanted to play Carre because he's an X-Factor player we haven't been able to and again look this is not the end of Reese Carey's international career the, the guy is has got serious serious potential and serious ability and the scrummaging always takes time um, but I don't think that Pivac was anticipating it. he was going to find it this difficult. Uh, I think it would have helped if he was playing, if he'd started a lot more club rugby. You know, he's not really, he's not really played that much club rugby with a one on his back, which I'd have liked to have seen a lot more of. And so I think that's been a difficulty. So he's got that, you know, he's, he's got that call wrong. I think he's got the Elias call wrong. I'm just not sure he's international uh, He's international class for, a, you know, starting games against Ireland and, and the like and yeah you know okay Francis fine um that's kind of you know whether you go Francis or Lee I don't think there's too much in it to be honest um but Samson Lee played very well so I think yeah it's just, it's as simple as that you know he, he got his selection wrong because he didn't think that we would go that badly in the scrum and and, and sadly in those uh, in those games against against Scotland and certainly against Ireland we have done yeah we did so we um I thought I thought Wynne Jones and Samson did a did a fair bit around the park as well. Mm, no, we, we were we were very fairly com- we were very comfortable in the scrum, weren't we? And and your D in there as well. It, it looked like a really nice tight unit. I know that we lost um, a, a couple of lineouts as well, but we looked a lot more comfortable. Mm. Uh, we looked. I think you mentioned it as well, didn't you? That with the throwing in from Elias, it, it, you you were nervous. You were nervous before before the lineout was actually set up. It was. It, it just didn't quite feel right, and mm. and it often led to something going wrong. So I don't know whether he needs to. He does definitely needs to work on that. But yeah, a lot a lot better, a lot better uh, scrummaging performance. But I don't think we can take too much too much away from it, really. No, but I also think that the uh, the whatever it was that the twenty minutes or actually the the forty minutes in uh, in Win Jones's case when they came off the bench against Ireland. I think there's a lot to be taken from that. It looked a lot better when Wynne Jones was on the pitch. And I think that, yeah, I think this is a, this is a good scrummaging lineup and, and I think it has to start. And uh, obviously we'll, uh, we'll debate that yeah. at the end of the I'll, show. On the timing, Jed, from Ian's question, do they, do they mm. potentially stay on for, it's a good point. 60 minutes. I think, you know, I think they'll just about probably be all right. It's not. It's a. It's a relatively quick turnaround, wasn't it? And they probably did have a good old good old work out there. But uh, hopefully, they will be all the better for it because they needed that. You know, maybe the coaches thought they needed that time together because they haven't had the time, have they? Mm-hmm. Playing playing together in that front row, uh, that front row setup. So 
but uh, interesting when the boys came on as well, didn't they? Um, Leon Brown got a you know got a good shove on, didn't yeah. he? And and won a penalty there, so I was delighted for him. And a load of the players came round and gave him a you know, good few pats on the back. So that was great to see because he's had a he's had a tough old time there at times, isn't he? But he seems to be getting stronger there. So yeah, good. Yeah, and look, you know these are these are times when you need props who can do who can do different things. You're always going to need scrummages, but uh, that is the area of the game that that comes last. You know that is the area of the game where you have to mature. You have to have tough days at the office, and I still think in you know in the long run, it, it, you know if if both Carey and and Brown can improve on on those areas of the game. You could have you could have a, an incredible front row if 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 Carey and, and Brown kind of go on and, and achieve their potential and, and I'm certainly not writing either of them out even though they're still finding their feet at international level from a scrummaging perspective so yeah some uh, some interesting options there yeah we've got on that because we've got those two are excellent uh, runners with the ball aren't they they're oh, really yeah. really dynamic so we've got we we again we've got three three different sets in the in the props then as well of me because we've also got then you know your your, your Nicky Smiths um that, mm. that are more sort of turnover you know sort of yeah Dylan the, Lewis the turnover likewise. merchants and Dylan Lewis as well so we've got three different sets there obviously that's not talking about you know Rob Evans then as a ball playing mm. a, a ball playing prop so we we have got we have got quite a few uh, a, a, you know, sort of combinations, haven't we, to go with? We just got to make sure we get the, the combinations as right as we can, really. Yeah, absolutely. We had uh, this one in from uh, from Yanto Jones as well. Uh, it'd be a tough debut for sure, uh, but now is surely the time to give Ollie Griffiths a chance. And then he's, he's caveated that and said, "I know it's not actually his debut, but you're right." Kind of four minutes against Tonga in 2017 didn't really count. We're going to come back and, uh, and discuss that at the end of the show. And uh, let's just take this one before we go for a quick break, Dan. And it's a slightly tongue-in-cheek one. It's from Patrick. Uh, was not being able to watch yesterday's game. Uh, a small mercy. What's, uh, what was your take on it? Did you uh, did you enjoy it? Did we learn a lot? How entertaining was it? It wasn't a fantastic game of rugby, was it? But I did still enjoy the game. I I liked seeing, you know, I really enjoyed watching, uh, you know, Callum uh, Callum Sheedy at ten. Just seeing seeing how he uh, how he went. Zamit as well. I really liked watching him play. I think you know we, we touched on it, but Wayne Wright at eight was just a joy to a, a mm. joy to watch. Front row going well as well. It was for me. I enjoyed it because we'd been we'd been playing so poorly, and yes, we weren't fantastic. But you know, we mentioned it on last week's pod that under Gatland there was a lot of performances that were. I suppose there were a lot relative. worse than that. Actually, there were a lot they, worse against the the you know the, the tier two sides. There were yeah, and we there was there was narrow losses. You know, we we did. You know, we nailed them, didn't we? We 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 won we won comfortably without being spectacular. Um, we you know I can't say that's a sign of a good side, but but you know, generally speaking, it is. But it was it was a it was a comfortable win, wasn't it? We left a good few tries out on the park as well. Obviously, it would have been nice to have seen if seen a bit more rugby being played. But I thought I thought all in all, with the amount of changes we made and you know new combinations mm-hmm. in key parts of the um, you know. Uh, uh, in the team really I thought we did we did very very well and hats off to the coaches to be fair because we've been pretty critical so um, yeah got to give them a pat on the back really Fair enough right still got absolutely loads to get through in the second half of the show we'll be dominated by more listeners questions and then we will uh, 
get Dan Killick's take on who should play next week against England. And of course, we'll be previewing that and seeing if there is any chance of a, a Wales victory. So who knows? Maybe we'll finish the show with a bit of cheer. You never know. Uh, but first, we're going to take this very quick break. Right, Dan, let's get another listener's question on the go. This one is from Lost in Yorkshire. It says, uh, do you think Sheedy should replace Bigger? Uh, Sheedy is in far better form and, in my opinion, fits Wayne Pivak's game plan. Uh, by the way, the weather looks far better for next Saturday and could get decent weather in Flanethley for once. Well, that, I mean, that would be nice. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's an early call. That's the, that's the biggest call of all, I think, predicting uh, predicting good weather in Flanethley in, uh, in November. Uh, yeah, let's let's get your take on on the halfbacks. You said you're impressed with Callum Sheedy. Uh, what uh, yeah, what what impressed you in particular? I just thought he was, you know, it was his first start, wasn't it? And mm. he must have been nervous. Uh, a lot of the it was a new it was a new backline then for him to for him to work with. He would have been feeling the pressure that everyone was generally speaking expecting a Welsh win, but you know, by God, the pressure was on. So I thought he handled it. He thought he handled it well. The conditions were awful. Never a nice night to play at 10, is it, when it's bucketing down? And I just thought he I looked... I wouldn't know, mate. I wouldn't know. Well, I've, yeah, just a, just, a, just a couple of games for me. Um, <laughs> but he, um, he, he looked comfortable. And I thought he handled it, he handled it well. He wasn't spectacular. But, uh, but, you know, he made a couple of errors. But he did, he did some... He had some nice touches as well. It was kind of... The, the performance that I, I expected, and I thought that he he was pretty assured there in a in a game which was quite messy, quite scrappy, uh, an arm wrestle at times. Yeah, it did. He did well. He did well. Yeah, it's interesting. It reminds me a little bit of uh, obviously we've said this a number of times that the whole situation reminds me of two thousand and seven. It does remind me a little bit of do you remember the the clambering for James Hook over over Stephen Jones and. You know, Hook was the, I guess the, the up and coming trendy option at the time, and Stephen Jones, I guess, was was bearing a little bit of the brunt of, of the fact that Wales hadn't been playing particularly well. He might even have been captain as well at the time, and yeah, Hook came in, man of the match performance against England, which is great, you know, and obviously went on to play play for Wales a number of times. But likewise, that wasn't the end of Stephen Jones's career. It was, you know, he went on to to play to play in in two more World Cups. Uh, so, you know, I think it's one of these where Sheedy, I thought, did a, did a very good job, professional performance. There's an argument for him starting next week, for sure. And I think that that's, that is based on form, I would say. And it's a good opportunity to see how he goes in, in one of these fixtures. So, but I certainly, at the same time, I, I'm not entirely sure I'm bought into this Bigger can't play the inverted commas Wayne Pivak way. I think that uh, I think he has got a lot more, and Gatland wanted him to play in a very particular way, which I guess is Bigger's natural game, the the kick chase and stuff like that. But all I'm saying is I, I wouldn't be writing Dan Bigger off um, just because Callum Sheedy had a you know had a, a good start against Georgia. Yeah, he had. I mean, you know, Sheedy had some front football, didn't he? And Bigger. Mm. You know, I'm sure Bigger would have loved to have played in that and that game and showed what he, you know, what he could do. But it, 
he wasn't involved, was he? So yeah, I thought I thought Sheedy went well, but yeah, bigger, bigger would have enjoyed playing playing at ten. I think in that game for definite. I thought Kieran Hardy had a had a, had a decent game. Yeah, I want to I want to stick with this one actually because I had this question in from Rob Thomas who uh, who tweets us quite a lot. Hardy and Sheedy did enough yesterday to stick with on the long term. If we're serious about twenty twenty three, shouldn't they be the first choice from now on? And um, your thoughts? Yeah. I, I thought that the Hardy had a, had a a solid game. Really, I think it it would have been quite easy for him to maybe have tried to overdo things yesterday, mm. and you know, gone on a number of runs, a number of snipes, and you know, first and foremost, his 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 job is to is to get the ball out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To to release the backs, and I thought he got it just right. He did have a he did have a couple of goes, didn't he? Yeah, he did. They were nice, nice, a few nice little touches in there, and yeah, a little, a few snipes around the fringes. Yeah, I thought. I think he would have come off think and felt and felt sort of quietly confident about himself, really, and and some decent kicks there as well in in poor conditions. So yeah, yeah, there was there was a couple of mistakes, but there was a couple of mistakes from almost everyone on the park. So mm. yeah, I thought he thought he did well. Whether or not we, you know, we go with. With uh, with Kieran Hardy and and, and Sheedy moving forward, you know I don't know. I mean, I do think at the moment that we don't we don't know who our best nine is because th- there's there's nobody in real form for me. Mm. Um, you'll 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 probably uh, have something else to say on that. But I he played he played well, Kieran Hardy. I mean, if he did, you know, if he did get the nudge against against England, I'd be you know, I'd be very, very pleased for him. I don't think it'll happen, but he certainly didn't. Um, he certainly didn't have a poor game. So I think, I think there's 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 plenty more to plenty more to come from him. But um, at the moment, none of the nines I think are really, really standing out and saying that's my shirt. You know, come and get it. Yeah, I mean, just just quickly on on this one. Yeah, I thought I thought Kieran Hardy did well too. But again, I, I just think we're reading way too much into this game. It's you know, it, it was a much needed win. Uh, could have been a potential banana skin, uh, but it was it was dog rough conditions, and and they navigated that well. That's about it for me. I don't think you can read that much into it. I haven't seen enough from Kieran Hardy to say that oh, we're going to pin all our hopes on him. I think he's one of a number of nines who are in the mix at the moment. Like we said, you know, I'm a massive fan of Reese Webb. I, I think I'm starting to come around to your way of thinking that there's something not quite there, and he still hasn't reached that that match fitness yet. And you know, I think Gareth Davis is a is a is an excellent is an excellent nine who's not playing very well at the moment. Kieran Hardy's on the up, but has yet to be tested at the at the highest level. And you know, he's not even the first choice at the Scarlet. So I don't know how you could make him first choice at Wales. Uh, I, you know, I, I just I just can't I can't buy into that yet. Pivak was, you know, Pivak didn't trust him enough to to pick him in any of the other games. He brought Lloyd Williams in for that. So I can't I can't be having that Kieran Hardy is, is nailed on starting nine for the next three years. Absolutely not. And just, yeah, just to build on this, another one from Robert Giannotti. Uh, each of the scrum halves have, have had game time now without a clear first choice. How would you currently rank them and where would Thomas Williams fit into that ranking? So I'm keen to get your thoughts on this, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Um so for me at the moment, I would say it's whether we go really tactically, picking the nines, depending on who we're playing against, or whether we mm. just stick with uh, sort of, yeah, like building towards a, a, you know, a combination. Like I, I do think that 
a good a good a good option against England would be would be Lloyd Williams because of the the just the the the, pack, the threat that they, that comes from their pack. It's just a massive, massive pack, isn't it? That just always comes down the inside channels, I, smashing people. Yeah. If you, you know, think you're going to be able to play a structured box kicking game with Maro Itoji around the fringes next week, you can forget it because he is, you know, I mean, he's, he's a phenomenal player and he's in phenomenal form and he's an absolute animal at that area amongst a number of other areas. So, you know, to think we're going to get Caterpillar rucks on and have this, this very average box kicking game that we've had so far, I I think it would be incredibly naive. So I think there is a case for starting Lloyd next week because you're right, you just get the ball the hell away from the rut. Yeah, just get the ball out, get get, get the ball out nicely. He's played behind uh, a, a, an under, you know, I suppose um, the pack hasn't uh, hasn't a great deal of power over the years. Of the, I know they're playing, you know, playing all right at the moment, but... I think that Lloyd, there's a good, there's a good shout for him at the moment, and that's that's because the other nines aren't really there. I think Gareth is, I, I you know, I'm tempted to, to to pick Gareth at nine. Really? I yeah yeah I am. I I, I just think for for the England game, you you, you usually see him rise, and mm. I know he's off he's off form at the moment, but and again, I'm hoping that he that, that he'd come through and deliver on that, but I. At the moment, I'd probably go with Lloyd, uh, Lloyd against uh, against England, which is yeah, it's a strange place we're in at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, in terms of ranking them, I still think Webb is the best player when he's playing his best. But again, full caveat, as we said with with Toby in the first half, we haven't seen that for a, for a little while. And you know, on Webb, Jed, on yeah. the weekend, so I thought he 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 did what we need from from him, which is he held the. You know his pick and goes are great, aren't they? Just fantastic. They don't look like he's running at pace, but he just, mm. you know, he spots something and he's off. And there is no nine like that. He does that better than he does that better than anyone, really. Uh, but, but you know, obviously the box kicking. I'm sure you weren't too pleased with that. But he did. We did get a bit of mm. a bit of change from it at times. Yeah. Other, other other times, I, I thought, why why are we doing that? Let's let's see what we can do. You know, we're we're, we're, we're points on the board. We're up. Let's let's try and get a couple more. But I know the conditions were poor, but he, he, um, when he does show those little glimpses, you think, right, he's, he, he's back. But for me, he's just not, I don't know whether it's fitness injuries or something. He's carrying something. Mm. And I just don't think he's right. He's quite right. Uh, but I, I really hope he, <laughs> I suppose I really wish he was because he's quality, isn't he? Yeah. I, th- yeah, I think he will be involved in some regard next week. And I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see him have 21 on his back again. Uh, and I think that that might be yeah. that might be an option, but we'll see. I think I think Gareth is is a bit out of form at the moment. And do you know what I really don't think helps? I thought he was so good for Wales during the World Cup, and and when he was asked to do a job for Gatland with that individual spot blitz that pops up out of the line because he had the freedom to do that because the rest of the defence was so well organised. And obviously that that gets completely taken away from his game right now but I also don't think he's in he's in the best form and I think I just you know what I think a lot of these players it would it would benefit them because at the moment they're playing bits and pieces for Wales it would benefit them to have some extended game time for their regions I'm not necessarily saying release them because it's difficult to do that at the moment with Covid protocol and stuff but in an ideal scenario these players will get a good run of games for their regions ahead of the Six Nations because then we can start to see. Uh, but on that, very quickly, I think Thomas Williams had a, uh, 
had an encouraging game today for Cardiff. And I'm a massive fan of his, as you know. I think we've yet to see it fully at international level. Um, but in terms of who can improve and go on, you know, we're, we're hoping that Webb can get back to his previous form. Uh, but I think Thomas Williams is, is a lot more unexposed. I think that the potential he's got is far and away greater than any of the others. I think he can be, a, if he goes on to achieve his potential, he can be a better a better nine than, than Gareth Davis. And that's the, you know, and, and, and that's a, a really encouraging thing. So again, hopefully he can stay fit, get some good game time in for Cardiff and, uh, and come back and, and maybe make that shirt his own come the, come the six nations. It would be, I think it would be ideal to have a clear idea of, of who the best nine is. Cause as we just demonstrated in the last 10 minutes, it's a bit of a model. Yeah. So you'd say, I mean, just talking there, then you'd say that Thomas Williams and Kieran Hardy are the, are the future and two, they, they both play very differently, don't they? So maybe a, maybe a yeah. nice combo. I would, I would say I've seen a lot more from Thomas Williams to suggest that he could be a world-class international nine. And I'm not writing off Hardy at all. I just haven't seen it yet. I've seen lots of great, neat and tidy performances. And I've seen a guy who's been prepared to leave his region, go graft in the championship and come back. And I, and I really, really respect that. I think that's, that's done him the, the world of good. First up, he's got to make that, he's got to make that, uh, that Scarlet shirt his own. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's I just, quietly putting in some, some really decent performances without them being sort of showstopping because he's not, he's not that nine, is he, that's going to grab the, grab the headlights. But I think he can um, in, a, in, a, in a slightly different way. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of options, aren't there? But it's, it's, it's unclear at the moment who is, uh, who's number one, who's number five. Yeah, no, it, it genuinely is. I mean, yeah, the, the whole Lloyd Williams thing coming in from coming in from the cold is is very very interesting, and you know, I think he, I think he's got a legitimate claim to to that nine shirt next week. So uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to talking about that more in a minute. This one is from Ash. Do we target a win against England or try and develop the squad uh, slash the playing style? I think we've got to target a win against them because we can't talk about playing a I think we just got to be so physical haven't we we're all nervous about that's their, it, that's their, it, their yeah. physicality yeah uh, but 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 often though we've been nervous by their physicality and then we've we've matched them up front haven't we and we've sort of we've been really really up for it so I think we've got to go out to win because I just don't want that yeah. I don't think it, I think it's too risky to have that mental slip on look let's just go out and have a good performance guys I think it's a little too weak against them I don't think you can ever say that against England. And, you know, I know I'm saying with, with my selection, I wouldn't be picking Navidi because I think it's too risky. And in, in, in the grand scheme of things, the game doesn't mean anything. But it is an opportunity to test yourself against arguably the best side in the world or certainly, you know, certainly one of. And Yeah, they I probably think, are at the moment, aren't they? And, 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 that's, and that's it. It's like, you know, uh, no matter what playing style you're trying to develop, if you have any intention of causing any damage at a World Cup or even in the Six Nations, you've got to be you've got to be able to match the physicality that England are going to bring. So that's the part of the performance I want to see. If we lose by two or three tries, but we've managed to match them and we've made a good game of it, I can I think I I mean it pains me to say, but I think I could probably live with that. But it's just yeah, that that's the thing for me. You've got to have a serious fronting up performance and and get well and truly stuck in and, and don't allow them to bully you because. You know, we, we allowed Ireland to do that and Ireland have just went and got absolutely bullied. I don't think I've ever seen a game where the scoreline was that close and the, the performance was that, was, was, was so, so one-sided. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, yeah. That, that, was a, that, 
that was a losing by 30 points kind of performance from Ireland and they lost by whatever it was 12 or 13 points so it's um yeah I I think it's you know big big warning flags for for next week yeah it was yeah that that England hiding game was 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 strange wasn't it because it was so one-sided yet a couple of clever plays and Ireland got a couple of a couple of points on the board so maybe there's something to look at there Right, we're going to take just a couple more then, Dan, before we get your take on next week's game. And just going to take this one from Jason Williams. Does sticking props straight from the academy and at the deep end really work? Or would it be wise to send them to earn their trade in the Prem for a season or two and work on their techniques? I think it's a fascinating question, actually, because I think we've said before that the Premiership doesn't really prepare you for, for regional rugby. However, case in point is Wynne Jones, who as we've just said, is our best scrummaging loose head. And that's very much where he uh, where he earned his trade at Flandavri, I think. So it's uh, it, it's a really interesting one. And obviously the area of the pitch that you know the most about. So uh, let's hear your opinion on that. I say I can, I can answer this one with confidence <laughs> from, from playing many seasons for uh, Astrid Ronda in the front row. Um, I think there's a bit of a is about a need for both then yeah so i think you're going to learn a lot from coming up against some wily you know old heads in the prem that have been around you know you can pick up the dark arts be turned inside and out equally you know they'll some of these you know some of the younger younger props will come up against props that they'll probably be able to outpower as well where you know maybe the prop they're propping against isn't as uh as as you know as strong and as powerful as them uh, so it it's a it's a it's a little bit of it's a little bit of both really i think it depends on who you who you're propping against they'll be they'll be known in the premiership for being for being great scrummagers in this particular side and then there'll probably be a you know a number of poor ones as well so i don't think you can just say look they've all got to go back to the premiership to learn their trade because a lot of them you know maybe won't pick up what we what what we think they may pick up it, it, it's 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 a little bit of both, isn't it? They've got to learn learn how to scrummage, playing for the you know playing for the regions as well. Equally playing for the you know playing for the Premiership sides, and you know and on their way up through the ranks as well. I do think there's a lot of players that are spending probably too much time in tracksuits and in you know in, in you know on the sidelines or in squads and and not being involved. But so I, yeah, in answer to it, I think it's a bit of both. You know, you can't just throw all the all the guys into the Premiership and hope that they'll suddenly become great scrummages because not all the scrummagings have a great standard. Fair enough. I think that's a pretty pretty decent answer there. Let us just finish with this one, and then we'll get on to your team selection. Uh, it's from Jonathan Davis. Best. Uh, I'm, I'm only going to pick one of his questions. Uh, best second row partnership. Will he be involved next week, or he's going to keep keep listening? Is he? Absolutely. Sorry, what was that? I was just amazed that he's he's, he's messaged in. Yeah, best second, the... best second row partnership. Best second row partnership. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, it's not that Jonathan Davis, by the way. It's Jiffy. Is it? Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> we go left now, numbers. Uh, <laughs> missed that numbers call. I, I would say, well, for next weekend. Uh, no, I think this is in general. In general, mm. in general, I think we don't know again. I think it's a little <laughs> bit like the nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
there be some people that are talking about Adam Beard. Yeah, Adam Beard's not even in the squad. Yeah. Corey Hill's talked about because of his his technical ability. You know, he's, isn't he great in the line out? I think he's a he's a decent sort of technical scrummager as well. Mm-hmm. Um, works well with Alan Wynn. Then we've got Jake Ball then for the grunt and you know, heavy hitting, smashing rucks, carrying. Um, and then Seb Davis, you know, for that sort of athleticism, you know, ball, you know, ball playing second row, I thought had a, you know, a decent enough game, albeit again against the, against the Georgians. So I don't think we really, we really know at the moment because the, we haven't had the platform again in the front row. So it, 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 it comes back from there, doesn't it? I would say it does. Look- I think that also, though, where we've really struggled, as we've said before, is is securing our own ball, and that's something where you know second rows can have a, a massive impact at getting in, hitting rucks, and clearing them out. So, um, yeah, and and of course, and of course, the line out. So, yeah, I think the, the front rows definitely had a, a part to play in it, but um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. I still think there's been an opportunity for people to have staked the to stake the claim and make the you know kind of make the four shirt their own. Well, which do you think it's a fair point though that it's almost similar to the nines then that we don't uh, absolutely we don't quite do. I absolutely do. I think that's the yeah you yeah you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it is. Um, I think again, I think we're bit, short, aren't we? As well, we're short on. We, we'd like a few more options, wouldn't we? I mean, what would we do to have some of the English options? I mean, good grief. Oh, it, it, God, yeah. I mean, it's we, we, phenomenal, isn't you it? Know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a complete conveyor belt there. But uh, I think you probably ask, you know, five, five people on the street, you, you'd, you'd maybe get a different, you know, a different answer from each person, maybe. So that's, mm. that's, the, that's the state we're in at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I still think that, I still think that Corey Hill and Alan Wynne Jones are best second row partnership I think in terms of that you know who the who the best players are and who are proven at, at, the, at the top level I think you know that there are some options in there uh, I thought Jake Ball went very well but again again it's it's against Georgia you know is there is there more improvement to come from Jake Ball to uh, to say that that's going to provide us the platform and the and the ability to to take on the likes of England I don't know I'm not sure on that you know I know, you, I know you prefer Jake Ball off the bench as well uh, Jed don't you I'm not sure he'd be in my 23. I know, I know everyone, you know, everyone out West is saying that he should be, you know, he should be starting and stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm not overly, you know, he was great against Georgia, but is that, you know, is that his level now? I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm, I'm, I, I just think that when there are sides out there with, with second rows, like, you know, like Itoji and, um, and Retallic and the likes in the world, I don't know. I think we've probably got to look for, for a bit more, but at the same time, look, hands up, we're missing Grunt and go forward, and he and he gave us that against uh, he gave us that against Georgia. He, he sure did, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You're right though. It's it's more more questions than uh, more questions than answers. So uh, yeah, that's the the story as it goes. Let's get your team down. This is what everyone, this is what everyone's been clinging on for. They don't want to hear me waffle. They want to hear you pick your side. So let's have it. Let's start with the number one jersey. So, Win Jones at one. Mm-hmm. I'm going Elliot D at two, Samson Lee at three. Yeah, I like the look of that. I don't think there can be any arguments around that, really. Yeah, I thought I thought Samson had a had a really really good game. It was just 
It's just such a such a strong scrummage. I know Win Jones as well, but he's such a strong scrummager when he's fit. Mm. It's just he's a proper unit, isn't he? All you got to do is look at his face, and you're like, yeah, that that's that's the guy. That's the guy I don't want to go up against. So I like that front row. Uh, Alan Win Alan Win Jones and. I'm going Jake Ball for me against England. Okay. Yeah. So back row. Now, I'm going Wayne Wright at eight. Mm-hmm. Big call. Yeah, big, big call that. But I just thought you went so well. And I've seen enough of him over the last two years to, to know there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot that can come from him. And he's a thinking eight with Falatel being off the ball as well. I think we need his we need his physicality at the moment, which isn't coming from Falatel, sadly. So on on the basis that Tipperick's out, because I think that's a that's a cert, isn't it? I would go with Navidi at seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yep. And then um, at, at six, I'm going to go with Shane Lewis Hughes. Okay. Because of because it's against England, I, I, he'll be he'll be absolutely raring to go. Nine Lloyd Williams. Yeah, of course. I mean, you would have said, I could have asked you to name your team at any point from the last four years of us doing the show and then Lloyd Williams would have been your honest choice at nine. Yeah, I, well, I've, said, I've said why I think he, he should be there against England. Yeah, I agree. She, Sheedy at 10. Yeah. I'm, go, okay. I'm going I, I, Sheedy at 10. I can, I can see the logic with that. What, what is it though? Is, yeah. it, is it his style of play or is it his form? What are you thinking? Yes, it's 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 form. It's he plays in England. I know Bigger does as well, but he. I don't think he'll be. Um, I think he really looked forward to this opportunity. I thought he played well last week, and he did probably enough to keep his shirt. Because I think you've got to have a look as well at that. I know the opposition is, is 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 it's it's Georgia, but surely the coaches have to say to them, "Look, go out, give us your you know, give us your best performance, and if you play well enough, you'll hold on to the shirt." You, 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 there has to be something in that, doesn't there? It doesn't matter about the opposition, yeah. you know, overly. You you have to have that, otherwise, you know, the, the boys going out. There's no point in going out, going out, you know, upon kickoff, really. So, I'm going to go with Sheedy. I think he'd relish the opportunity, and I really like the look, or well, on paper, then of this of having bigger on the bench. It worked really well with Anscombe, and I think if if it doesn't quite go right, Oni comes, steadies the ship. Um, brings a great kicking game on, and we we we've got to remember it worked beautifully with Anscombe, didn't it? Yeah, I, as you know, I was a big I was a big fan of bringing bigger off the bench. I thought that when Anscombe was play, you know, kind of made that ten shirt his own. I thought it was, and it was a real blow to lose him for the World Cup because I think it just it diluted that that slightly different game that that Wales were trying to evolve under Gatland, and I, th- I thought that that Anscombe was able to offer him that that threat at 10 and bigger was able to come on and close games out and and that for me was massive so I, yeah I, I think he absolutely can do it you know he's, he'd be raging to uh, to have the to have to sit on the bench as well and he'd come on and 
um and be desperate to prove a point so you know like letting a dog off the letting a dog off the lead so i he I'm, wouldn't I, be, I'm on board yeah, of that he wouldn't be happy would he and yeah on, on he'd come and, and more than likely have a have a blinder and i think he'd, he'd be thinking well you know if i was bending against georgia i would have i could have shown what i what i could have done but i think sheedy's done enough also with the way in which england play with that that there's quite a lot there's there's a nice amount of space isn't there just behind the backs um, and the way in which the back three is set up, you've got a, uh, it's not a huge amount of space, it's, it, but it, there is space there that I think Sheedy can just put a few dinks over, a few, grub, few grubbers through as well. He's got that in his locker. I'm not saying Bigger hasn't, but again, he knows those, those players probably you know, slightly better. So um, I'd be looking forward to seeing him being a bit of a box of, tri- box of tricks in that, that middle area of the field. Johnny Williams, I thought, did enough. So I'd like to keep that, that, that combination there with yeah. 10 and 12. I think it would be, be wrong to break that down. Uh, so I'd keep that. And um, in terms of keeping things going, I'd, uh, I'd go with Tompkins at 13 as well. Would you? I thought def- I, yeah, I would against, against this side. I thought that he made a couple of errors. Um, I mean, he was, he was skinned at one point, wasn't he? Mm. Which was a little bit uh, concerning. But... I would keep him in there. I think that England look if there is, <laughs> and it's it, it. I hope um, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. But if there is an area where you can, or if there's two areas where you can capture them, it's one with that dink over or that little bit of space behind the backs because they rush up, and then in the outside channels you have you know Ireland had made made some yards, probably could have got a try or two if they'd executed a little better. But there's there's a Bit of bit of room there, and if if Tompkins can get on the outside, then who knows? Or but also he might run up a, run up a, a blind alley as well. But we just have to go for it and see what happens there. Yeah, so, interesting. I mean, it's it's a big call to drop John Davis. It is. It's a massive, massive call. But I just you're, think you're he's going not... for form throughout your team, aren't you? And again, we've not seen much of him because obviously he's been injured post uh, post World Cup, and we've not seen the same John Davis since uh since uh pulling on that 13 jersey this autumn so uh, yeah i just think we have to go on form mm-hmm. don't we yeah. I, I you know i've kind of we've, we've kind of said it before that you know wales hasn't picked on form before it's picked on reputation so partly mm-hmm. partly i want to kind of stick to that and say look let's reward the the, the players that are playing uh or and, and this is seemingly fit albeit you know josh navidi we'll, we'll forget about that one but let's um yeah let's go with tomkins I've then got. I thought Louis Rousamit did well. Mm. Thought he played played very well. Took a couple of high balls quite nicely. Had that blinding run, didn't he? Yeah, a beautiful run. Couple of good offloads. So, and again, he knows a lot of those players. So I think he'd love playing against England. So he's done enough to keep the shirt. I don't think it's right to take it off him. I then have. Now this is a this is a this is a tough one, but I'd I'd go with Josh Adams, yeah, and half penny at fifteen. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting there because if we talk about picking on form, I I think Josh Adams has not been he's not been himself these last three games. I would say I think he's got enough credit in the bank that you're not yeah. relying off his performances from a year ago. I think that he was he was playing very his well. His club form is good, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think he's kind of, he's got enough credit in the bank to, 
to suggest that he's got a good game in him coming around the corner. So I think that, yeah, I, I can completely understand that. I think you have to pick Halfpenny at 15. Um, I, there were a few glimpses from Liam Williams yesterday, but again, I would argue we've not seen... Like he's, not, he's not played a lot of rugby, has he? It's very hard to come back at the international stage and, and find your feet. And, you know, even quality players like John Davis and, and Liam Williams are, are finding that. So uh, I think the fact that Halfpenny's been fit for so long and is playing well, you stick him at 15 and then you have with, the, with their the two players outside him. With their kicking game as well, we need mm. the, the the best positional fifteen in world rugby on the on the park. And I think Halfpenny's been our standout player, to be honest. In in all the games he's played in, mm. turnovers. Uh, you know, he's he's been winning turnovers, as you pointed out a few times. I think he's been our arguably our most attacking player as well. You know, maybe that's slightly bizarre to say that with Halfpenny, but I think he has. Uh, and defensively, just been just been an absolute rock. So. You have him on there to kick the goals as well, don't you? You, you do, yeah. With with Sheedy at ten, so yeah, without without a doubt, he's um, he's he's the fifteen for me. And this does leave then a very very exciting um, and strong bench. Let's hear it. Well, Let's hear it. Well, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> um, so okay, I'm going to go with Webb. What about, what about your forwards to start with on the bench? Uh, you know me, it's always, it's always going to be all over the shop, isn't it? Um, but can we get yours as well um, as we go through it? So Webb, Webb at nine? Yeah, uh, yeah. So if I was picking a bench based on your starting 15, I'd have Webb at nine off, to come off the bench. Yeah, um, I then have, I then have Bigger on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Then have... Liam Williams, yeah, I think you yeah. need to covers yeah covers wing and fullback. Yeah, um, even though he he's had this very nasty mouth injury, isn't he? Yeah, he has. What um what do you do if there's an injury in the centre there though? If there's an injury, yeah, if there's an injury in the centre, I think that you'd have to, we'd have to maybe look at centre. Yeah, or or you know bigger. So bigger to ten, Sheedy to twelve, maybe. Yeah, or, or the other way around, maybe bigger. Yeah, bigger to twelve. Keep mm. Sheedy at ten. Okay. Risk probably wouldn't go. They probably wouldn't go with it, but um, I would in this game. Front row, then I'd go with uh, Nicky. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably go with 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 Leon Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I've th- really. You know, I thought he thought he did well when he came on, and again, let's give him that little bit of reward for winning that winning that scrum penalty. Hooker, I go with with Sam Parry. Yeah, I would too. A couple of good throws when he came on. Looks powerful, good around the park. And he's got a turnover in him as well, isn't he? So with Nicky and him coming on, we might have a couple of turnovers, and Leon Brown will do something different in the loose. So, and then uh, what have we got then? Second row, I'd go with Corey Hill. Yeah, I would. Uh, you know, his, te- his, his technical ability then coming in off the bench he tends to play well against England, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Real sort of dog, loves that type of game. And even though you think, right, he's not the most physical, he doesn't tend to take a backward step. Mm. He, he, is, he is physical, isn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't go back, even though he, he looks a little under... I, I, yeah, he I, doesn't I, look like an imposing second no, row. No, he doesn't, but he, but he, does, he does a lot of... He's, he's so smart. Lot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 
and and such a and such a leader as well that I think that's a real presence coming in off the coming in off the bench. A risk, you know. I think we we could we could quite easily start him, um, and and I know you would. So, and then where else are we then? We is that uh, you got back row cover now, and then we got back row. Yes, yeah, so a back row cover. Yeah, that's. This is this is it, it's pretty tough. I thought the I thought the both of them actually did did very well. I thought he was I thought he was everywhere and he put his put his body body on the line, didn't he? Um, in this game, though, I would go for I would I would bring in Ollie Griffiths mm. and I'd have him on the on the bench, and I think I'd be really excited about him coming on. Yeah, with your team, very I'd, excited I, with your team. I'd have him on the bench because obviously he covers seven and eight. But I, yeah, I, I, I would, I'd, I'd have him starting with seven on his back personally. But anyway, there we go. Right, just before we wrap up, then Dan, let us have your, uh, let us have your prediction for next week. Wales by five. Wales by five. Seriously? No. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Wales by five. Very, very bold call, my friend. It's coming. Interesting. I'm going England by twenty-four. Oh, I think it's. I think it's a hammering time next week. If I'm honest, I very much hope I'm wrong, but um, I think that they they absolutely cantered past Ireland. Ireland gave us a shoe in. I don't think. I don't think we'll have had time to address the uh, to address the kind of. Um, the proper defensive frailties, the um, the lack of organisation, the lack of a game plan. I just, I'm not sure we're going to have these things corrected, and it's the worst possible game that you could face. So I can, I can see, I can see an out and out drubbing next week. I'm afraid. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're probably right there. I mean, I think you could add, you could add my my five to your twenty four, being twenty nine, and <laughs> and maybe stick another fifteen on top of that. But let's hope, let's hope, let's pray, and. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting. It's always an exciting week, isn't it? Building into building into Wales, England. This this time round, it's. <laughs> I think we're all absolutely dreading it, but I am looking forward to you know the times we're in. I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah, a game. It's, like, be a it's game, just so. like being the nineties and the noughties again, unfortunately. But um, anyway, there we go. I, you know, you know, Dan. You know, we, we've said before. I'm not one of these who. Do you remember 2019? Like all the media were just bigging England up as they came into Cardiff. Oh, this is the next road on the the next step on the road to the Grand Slam, and I and I knew that week. I didn't know, but I felt very good that week that we would we had the ability to go out there and turn them over and turn them over. We did uh, because that was you know. Gatland had those had those big games in him to um, to get. Yeah, that mental edge as well, didn't he? Yeah. we were able to get into them and on the psychology front, just really get into their minds. Yeah. But we, and he, and he seen, masterminded that and everyone, everyone was, yeah. the whole press were, were basically trying to give England that title before they'd won it. And, uh, and Wales did an absolute number on them that day. Now, this time around, A, England are much better than they were at that point in time. They've really, uh, they've really, really kicked on and they found some, some gems, uh, particularly in the back row, I think that have um, that just mean they've got they've got strength all across the park. I, I think they're playing very very well, and I just think we're so disjointed and we're and we're desperately trying to find our feet. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think that's that's the that's the stage we're at. But we also had um, we also had Edwards and Gatland, didn't we? Just mm. pick in 
one or two points of weakness, probably one point of weakness with England. And each time we managed to do a job on them when they were expected to win, which, you know, and quite often at times we weren't playing the best rugby, were we? But we, we, we identified something. I think it was, you know, Edwards that would identify something and we'd really go after that one point and, and turn it into a real strength uh, against them. But you, you, you know, you worry, well, I can't see that happening this time round. So that's the, you know, that's the worry because they've been, they've you been strong. You just put it in Wales by five then. Yeah, I know. You've, you've got to, I've, I've got to, I've got to back Wales of night, but you've, you know, England have often been a lot more powerful than us and mm. they come in and, and, you know, then at times we've we've managed to un, you know unpick them and make them look a little bit average. But that, that game in 2019 was was a prime example. Everyone was saying they were too powerful, and the the Wales pick and go the, that entire second half they just didn't adapt, and we you know we we did an absolute number on them in the end. But I, I just don't see where that moment that moment of tactical genius is is going to come from at the moment. So. There we go. Anyway, we'd better wrap up there, Dan. I hope your prediction is is closer to the mark than mine is. Uh, But thanks for joining us. And uh, of course, a big thanks to everyone who listened uh, and everyone who sent questions in. So uh, that is hugely appreciated. And we'll be back here next week, regardless, whatever the result, uh, to help you through it. And a final thanks, as always, to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some fantastic quality coffee, you can do that. And there's some brilliant offers on there too at the moment. So if you want to get your coffee supplies in before Christmas, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. We'll be back to chat rugby with you next week. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network.